My name is Zach Arnold. I'm a Hollywood film and television editor, a documentary director, father of two, and creator of Optimize Yourself. Since beginning my career, I have battled attention issues, anxiety, and creative burnout more times than I can keep track of. Back in 2005, after almost losing the battle with suicidal depression, I decided that I no longer wanted to sacrifice myself for the sake of my career. I was done barely surviving. I wanted to thrive. Since then, I have obsessively searched for every possible way to optimize my own creative performance. My journey is far from complete, but I have now made it my mission to shorten your learning curve so you can forge your own path to greatness without having to sacrifice balance in the process. Now it's time to start designing the optimized version of you. Hello, and welcome to a special episode of the Optimize Yourself podcast, where I provide my written articles in audio form so you have the opportunity to listen instead of read if that's your preference. My hope is that you're going to use this opportunity to get up and step away from your desk chair for the next 25 minutes and build the habit of moving more throughout your workday. The following is a reading of my article titled, Six Lessons Learned from Six Months of Training for American Ninja Warrior which can be found at optimizeyourself.me slash six months. And that's spelling the word six. So it's optimizeyourself.me slash S-I-X months. The article reading will begin after a brief break to recognize our sponsor who makes this podcast possible. This episode is made possible by ErgoDriven, the makers of the Topomat, my number one recommendation for anyone interested in moving more at their height adjustable workstation. The Topomat is scientifically proven to help you move more throughout your day, which helps reduce discomfort and also increase your focus and productivity. To learn more, visit optimizeyourself.me slash topo. That's T-O-P-O. Whose stupid idea was this anyway? It definitely wasn't the first time that I'd asked myself this question in the last six months since declaring that my number one goal for 2018 was transforming from dad bod to American Ninja Warrior. I was asking myself this particular instance after having just woken up at 5 a.m. on a Saturday and driven 350 miles north to Monterey so I could pay good money to run 10 miles in the mountains, carry sandbags and buckets full of gravel up hills, army crawl under barbed wire, climb 2,500 feet of elevation gain, and wade through mud, just to name a few of the over 30 obstacles. But here's the catch. Three days before the race, I couldn't even bend over to tie my shoes. I had strained my QL muscle, which is a muscle in the lower back, earlier that week doing kettlebell deadlifts. To add insult to injury, two weeks before that, I landed awkwardly while practicing a vault and parkour class, and I had a deep bone bruise on my left knee, which I later discovered was also a sprained MCL. Needless to say, I don't know a lot of other sane people who would wake up at 5 a.m. on a Saturday after having worked a 60-plus hour work week, drive 700 miles in a day, and run a 10-mile Spartan race on a bum knee who can barely tie their shoes. But sane is boring. Striving for a life of comfort ultimately leads to complacency, which leads to boredom, which leads to unhappiness, which leads to self-loathing, which then leads to hours spent in front of screens every day to escape the drudgery of life. Living life outside your comfort zone is where real growth and change occurs. To quote one of my favorite American Ninja Warrior superstar athletes, get comfortable being uncomfortable. 
Having spent the majority of 2018 so far being very uncomfortable on a daily basis, here are six lessons that I've learned after six months of training for American Ninja Warrior. Lesson number one, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is today. At 38 years old, I have a lot of excuses for why becoming an American Ninja Warrior is just a stupid idea. Most of the athletes that compete on the show, even those who are my age or older, have an athletic background. Many are former gymnasts, track and field stars, pole vaulters, professional and amateur rock climbers with decades of experience, gym owners and personal trainers, or free runners and parkour artists. The last time that I did anything truly athletic was in high school when I trained for and earned a black belt in martial arts. Once I hit college and then the real world, I was 100% career-focused. A few years ago, once the weight started to pile on, I took up obstacle course racing and I did a few Spartan races and Tough Mudders, but as a hobby. I was a weekend warrior, and my only objective was finishing the course and having some fun along the way. Training intensely for 10-plus hours a week for a sport like American Ninja Warrior is a world that I haven't inhabited since my face was covered with acne, my voice cracked, and I was studying for my driver's test. There's no question that the best time to become an athlete was 20 years ago. I can't even imagine how much easier training would be today had I chosen to continue my martial arts study or take up gymnastics or become a rock climber in college. But that is no excuse. Rather than thinking it's too late, I instead look at my circumstances from a very different perspective. In December 2017, when I decided that my number one goal for 2018 would be to train for American Ninja Warrior, I closed my eyes and I jumped into my mental time machine to travel forwards 12 years. I pictured myself at 50 years old at my daughter's high school graduation. I was still bald, at least 50 pounds heavier than I am now with chronic lower back pain, two bum knees, constant visits to the cardiologist for heart issues, and I was still battling depression and anxiety. As I sat there watching my daughter walk across the aisle and receive her diploma, my future self thought, man, I wish I hadn't been too afraid to train for American Ninja Warrior when I was 38. My life would be so different right now. That single mental image was more than enough to compel me to jump into training right on January 1st because my only true fear is regret. In short, it is never too late to begin writing chapter one of your new origin story. Lesson number two, if you set your goals improperly, tremendous success can end up feeling like total failure. For the past 15 years, I have been completely obsessed with learning everything I can about the psychology of high performance and the habits that lead to success. One of the most important lessons that I've learned during this journey is that achieving a goal is meaningless if you set the wrong goal. Your goals are the foundation that your house is built upon. If you build your house on quicksand, it doesn't matter how strong the walls are or the roof is, your house will collapse. It's imperative that you take the time to clearly define a goal properly before taking a single action towards achieving that goal. I spent weeks painstakingly clarifying my macro goal in December of 2017 before taking a single moment to plan my diet, map out my training regimen, or stepping foot in a gym and doing a single pull-up. The conclusion that I came to after working through the steps that I teach in my Design Yourself program is that getting on American Ninja Warrior is not going to be my goal. Wait, what? 
Okay, bear with me for a second. Let's assume that this is the goal I set. I will be on season 11 of American Ninja Warrior in 2019. This goal depends on outside circumstances that I have no control over. I could show up to the gym every morning, lose 25 pounds, drop to 10% body fat, and become an expert in ninja obstacles over the next 12 months. To everyone but me, this would look like tremendous success. But what if I'm not chosen as one of the over 40,000 people who submit audition videos every season? I would be a total failure. The problem with this goal is that it's binary. There are only two possible outcomes. Outcome number one is I get on the show, success. Outcome number two is I don't get on the show, failure. I would rather set myself up for success and build systems around a goal that is completely within my control. Simply put, as long as I put in the work consistently, I will be successful. Therefore, here is my macro goal that I set for 2018. I will weigh 175 pounds and be in American Ninja Warrior shape by December 31st of 2018. The difference is subtle, yet completely changes the systems that I build that ensure I follow through and achieve my goal. This is a SMART goal, and that's an acronym, S-M-A-R-T. Number one, it's specific. My goal is not to be healthy or quote-unquote lose weight. It's to be in a very specific kind of physical shape. Secondly, it's measurable. I will weigh 175 pounds. Weight is a metric that can be tracked. It's actionable. Taking concrete daily actions will lead me closer to success. It's relevant. This goal aligns with the work that I do in my business. It helps raise awareness of my documentary film, Go Far, and I'm setting a good example for my children. And finally, it's time sensitive. I have a specific deadline of December 31st. My goal has nothing to do whatsoever with being on the show. If I lose 25 pounds, drop five inches off my waist, shed body fat, and develop the strength and coordination to compete on Ninja Warrior level obstacles, not being chosen as immaterial, I will have succeeded come December 31st, 2018. In short, before you invest a tremendous amount of time, energy, and attention in achieving a difficult goal, make sure that you have set the right goal first. Lesson number three. The best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. When you've just crossed the threshold of 200 pounds for the first time and you max out at barely five pull-ups, the thought of running one of the most difficult obstacle courses on the planet well, sounds downright impossible. I already know that I have to lose at least 25 pounds to even be in the same conversation as most of the other athletes on the show. Now, I am 5'11", so getting below 170, it's probably not going to happen. It would also be nice if I could dead hang from a bar for at least three minutes and be able to do a minimum of 20 pull-ups by the end of the year. Well, that's great, but so what? What the hell am I supposed to be doing this morning? Oftentimes, people procrastinate and avoid taking action towards their goals because the result is too far away and it seems like success will never come. The key to overcoming the procrastination and fear that accompany pursuing difficult goals is to break down a macro goal into tiny micro goals that seem so simple there's no reason not to do them. My macro goal was crystal clear on day one, so now it's time to break that down into an action plan with very doable micro goals. 
Being in ANW shape by December 31st requires that I develop a series of skills, including rock climbing, parkour, and CrossFit. And I'll probably need to train five to six days per week. Over the course of the next year, assuming a few recovery weeks and family vacation time, that means I'm hitting the gym over 200 times in the next 12 months. Um, no thank you. Yet, despite the massive overwhelm of going to the gym over 200 times this year, by the six-month mark, I'm over halfway there already. I didn't go to the gym over 100 times in the last six months and burn over 1.1 million calories in the last six months by focusing on the end goal. I focused on the single action steps that would get me to show up once. My first action step on day one was simply research gyms near me. Once I found the places that made the most sense, the next step was not to commit to a 12-month membership. It was try a free CrossFit class. Yeah, that seems simple enough. My next action step after that was setting my gym clothes out the night before so when I woke up, it was one less excuse not to show up. Easy peasy. Once I tried my free class, I immediately discovered that 15 years of living in front of a keyboard have destroyed my body far worse than I anticipated. My flexibility and mobility were in the toilet. Therefore, my next micro goal had nothing to do with losing 25 pounds or doing 20 pull-ups at once. My next micro goal was learning where to put a lacrosse ball and a foam roller to loosen up my hip flexors and glutes so I can get into a proper squat. Well, yeah, I can do that too. Rinse, lather, repeat. This mentality has led to 101 training days in six months, losing 14.8 pounds and dropping three inches from my waist. In short, no matter how difficult the goal that you set for yourself, if you break it down to the simplest of actions, as long as you take action consistently, success becomes inevitable. Lesson number four, failure is the fastest path to success. I wish that I had been wearing a GoPro camera my first night in parkour class. The camera would have not only captured my complete ineptitude with the most basic of skills, the footage would have also demonstrated that I was a few short years away from easily being mistaken as the dad to any other person in the class, including the instructor. There's quite possibly nowhere further outside my comfort zone on the planet than being surrounded by a bunch of 17-year-olds in a parkour class. Because parkour is a necessary skill that I must develop in order to achieve my macro goal, I know that to have even a slim chance of being considered, I must be ready to embrace failure, and a lot of it. If I were afraid of failure or looking stupid, I simply would have stood in the back corner during open gym time, and I would have watched other people who were practicing, for example, the warped wall, which is the most iconic obstacle of American Ninja Warrior. Then, when nobody else was watching, maybe I might have attempted it, but only as long as nobody was watching. After all, what if I fell? God forbid I look like an idiot. Well, screw that. During my first open gym session, one of the first things that I tried was the warped wall. And I failed. So I tried it again. And I failed again. I then tried another 10 to 15 more times before I decided to call it a night and find another obstacle that I could fail at repeatedly. Guess what I did the following week at Open Gym? I failed getting up the warped wall again, at least another 10 times. A few weeks later during Open Gym, a couple guys showed up who've actually been on the show before and successfully run the course more than once. Sure, I could have been super intimidated and stood off to the side as a socially awkward introvert, which is my default mode, 
But instead, I walked right up to them, introduced myself, and I asked if I could join in on all of the practice runs that they were concocting around the gym. When the time came to run up the warped wall, I approached one of them and I asked, so what's the trick to getting up the wall? He asked me to run it, and of course I failed. He then began to tweak my form, my steps, and my technique, and then I failed a few more times. But then I got up the wall. Eventually on my own, I would have gotten to the top of the wall, but being willing to publicly embrace failure a lot and ask questions shortened my learning curve and it got me to the top infinitely faster. Now I have more time to perfect my technique and move on to other obstacles that I can't do yet. In short, obstacles are inevitable. You will fail. But failure is only failure if you give up and quit. Be willing to ask questions, learn from your mistakes, embrace failure publicly, and reframe it as a learning experience that gets you one step closer to success. Lesson number five, focus on the process, not just the results. When undertaking any kind of athletic training, whether you've done it your whole life or you've chosen to dust yourself off after living behind a computer for almost 20 years, it is so easy to get caught up in the numbers. Especially in a sport like CrossFit, it's easy to become obsessed with metrics like max reps, AMRAPs, EMOBs, WADs, just to name a few. And the temptation is always there to compare where you are to everybody else in the class. Hey bro, what's your deadlift PR? The problem with chasing after metrics, whether your own or the person next to you, is that it makes it much harder to focus on the process, and comparing your progress to others only wastes energy that you could be spending on yourself. That's why I believe in the concept of running your own race. If the only reason that you're going to the gym today is hopefully to lose 20 pounds six months from now, you are going to be miserable unless you embrace how every single piece of the puzzle fits together. And thinking to yourself, why is that person so much better than me? That only leads to self-doubt and frustration. Working with my CrossFit trainer, who's one of three different specialists that I've enlisted in my pursuit of American Ninja Warrior, we have spent weeks doing super simple exercises with tiny little weights, small resistance bands, and a lot of bizarre balance exercises that really require no weight at all. I pictured my life being nothing but pull-ups, push-ups, squats, deadlifts, and all of the other crazy hardcore exercises that come with CrossFit. And there has been some of that. But instead, I have found myself struggling to lift a five-pound weight with my body in some bizarre balance configuration while the guy next to me is squatting 300 pounds. To put it simply, instead of working towards doing 20 pull-ups at once, no matter what it takes, our goal is making sure that I can do one pull-up with 100% perfect form and minimal effort before ever doing a second. The one thing that I focus on every single time that I train is moving my body as efficiently as possible. I don't care about reaching a certain weight, I don't care about how fast I do things, and I certainly don't care about anyone around me going faster or lifting more. All I care about is my form. Once my form suffers, I know it's time to stop. I would rather do five perfect reps than 15 sloppy reps. While this approach requires more patience, this laser-sharp focus on the details will yield much bigger long-term gains. When the time comes that I do have the strength, the balance, and the stamina to participate with the pros on a real ninja course, focusing on the tiny details, like, for example, where my hand should grab the bar, 
or how I should place my feet, or the angles that my shoulders should be when I'm flying from one bar to the next, those things are gonna be easier because above all else, the muscle that I'm training one rep at a time is my focus muscle. In short, no matter the goal that you are trying to achieve, stop focusing on the results that you might get someday and instead focus on the process today. Lesson number six, life is too short to live it without Snickers ice cream pie. When I made the proclamation that I was gonna dedicate the entire year to not only losing weight and getting back in shape, but to training intensely for American Ninja Warrior, I knew the possibility was there to turn this into a truly miserable experience. Just about anybody can lose 25 pounds if they're willing to deprive themselves for just a few months. In fact, the TV series The Biggest Loser is proof positive that anyone can make radical short-term lifestyle changes and receive tremendous gains. The problem with radical short-term lifestyle change is that it doesn't stick, and the process sucks every single day. The vast majority of Biggest Loser participants, for example, they end up gaining back all of their lost weight with more weight on top of it. Choosing to train for American Ninja Warrior was not a 12-month decision for me that involved cutting calories and going to the gym as often as possible. Becoming an American Ninja Warrior goes much deeper. Becoming an American Ninja Warrior is a lifestyle. Becoming an American Ninja Warrior is an identity. Yes, I am much more careful about what I eat six out of seven days per week. And yes, I spend a lot of hours in the gym. And yes, I've made a lot of personal and financial sacrifices to find the time and money to completely change my life over the next 12 months. But I have also been very clear with myself that every single change I make has to be one that I'm willing to stick with for a minimum of three to five years. If a specific dietary choice or workout routine is one that involves deprivation and misery, I just won't do it. I don't care about short-term gains. I care about permanent lifestyle change. I'm playing a game of chess, not a game of checkers. Taking a Saturday off to have pizza and ice cream with my kids, well, it might mean that it's going to take a little longer to reach my weight and my body fat percentage goals. But I would rather that my kids remember the fun Saturday afternoons where we all had ice cream together, not the dad who munched on celery and peanut butter at the ice cream store because, quote unquote, he is always training. I would rather celebrate a successful Spartan race, binging at a barbecue joint with ribs, biscuits that have apple cinnamon butter, pulled pork on the side, and a giant dessert to chase it all down then not celebrate a short-term milestone because my stats might suffer for just a week or two. Yes, I am 100% dedicated to becoming an American Ninja Warrior, but life is too short to live it without Snickers ice cream pie. In short, radical lifestyle change is a slow process. Don't choose behaviors that you're not willing to stick with for a long time. Life is a game of chess, not a game of checkers. I hope you enjoyed the reading of my article, Six Lessons Learned from Six Months of Training for American Ninja Warrior, which can be found at optimizeyourself.me slash six months. And again, that's the word, not the number. So S-I-X months. I hope that you were inspired to take action in your life. And listening to this article gave you the opportunity to step away from your desk and incorporate just a little bit of movement into your day. Thank you for listening. Be well. 
This episode of the Optimize Yourself podcast was made possible by ErgoDriven, the makers of the Topo Mat and Topo Mini, my number one recommendations for anyone interested in moving more at their height adjustable workstation. Listen, standing desks are only great if you're standing well. Otherwise, you're constantly fighting fatigue and chronic pain. Not like any other anti-fatigue mat, the Topo is scientifically proven to help you move more throughout the day, which helps reduce discomfort and also increase your focus and productivity. My friends at ErgoDriven did extensive testing and compared their product to the top-of-the-line floor mats, and they found the Topo drove almost two and a half more moves per minute with 270% more foot motion. Now, what this simply means is that the Topo users move more. I'm standing on one as I read this, and I don't go to a single job without it. And if you're smaller and you're concerned the Topo mat is too big, or you simply don't have the floor space, there's a Topo Mini for that. To learn more, visit optimizeyourself.me slash Topo. That's T-O-P-O.